Welcome, you're listening to a broadcast from Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partners for smart and powerful giving. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation. I bring you greetings from Central Florida, where I happen to be this week attending the Kingdom Advisors Conference here in, in Florida. Uh, joining me today is Steve Baker, our one of our state plan directors of the planning services here at Barnabas Foundation. And also waiting in the wings is Heather Day, just in case we need her, as I've noticed this morning in our testing that we've had a few connection issues with my internet connection here while I'm here uh, down at the conference. And so if by some chance I happen to lock up or fall off, uh, Heather will graciously jump in and take over. Um, today's topic is family matters, navigating family dynamics in your estate plan. Um, throughout today's broadcast, if you happen to have any questions during the, the feel free to type into the Q&A section there at the bottom of your Zoom controls. Um, they'll pop up here on our screen and we'll address those questions as we're able to. Also, today's session is being recorded. So if you happen to have a family member or friend that would like to, uh, or you think would be beneficial seeing this, uh, this topic today in the recording, uh, you'll be able to share it with them. And we'll be posting that here in the next uh, couple of days at barnabasfoundation.com slash interactive. Um, and again, today's topic, family matters, navigating family dynamics. And Steve, uh, you've been with us for 27 years. And prior to that, you did estate planning and private practice. So over the years, you've met with uh, hundreds, if not thousands of families. Um, and no doubt, you've come across a lot of different unique situations. Um, as every family has. And uh, we have to, you know, the state plans need to be just as unique as we address those things. And so when we think about uh, family dynamics, what are we referring to when we say that? Yeah, thanks, Kurt. And uh, greetings to everybody joining us today. And uh, yeah, I think um, family dynamics is, is sort of a, a broad term. But let me first tell you, uh, I looked up the definition of dynamics. And uh, it, it actually says the force or properties which stimulate growth, development, or change within a system or a process. So, you know, we kind of want to bring that into the family dynamic concept. So what we're really kind of talking about here would be the family forces, um, the beliefs, the values, uh, the characteristics, uh, the relationships that there are within our families that really kind of impact this whole process of uh, developing a plan or if there's already one in place, um, just kind of thinking about how, how does that implement maybe some changes or things that we want to add into there now. So I, I don't think we should view this whole family dynamics thing as a real negative in any way, shape or form. Uh, I think it's really just a matter of being real and honest about all of these different things that make up um, our families and or the people that you know, we want to include in our planning in, in one way, shape, or another. So there might be some difficult situations that are there, but I, I don't think we want to view those as negatives. I think we want to view those as just things that are there that we, we really have to just be real and honest with and, and plan accordingly. No, absolutely, completely. Um, Steve, and, and as you said, not every family dynamic issue is, is something that's... Um, um, negative, as you said. I mean, in my own life, I happen to be, um, while divorced, previously remarried recently, and I have five wonderful stepchildren in addition to my children. But that creates a dynamic now has to be quite unique in my own situation. Um, and so we can celebrate all those things and just kind of consider how do we how do we handle those in our state plan. Um, so as, as speaking, continuing on with that question there, Steve, you know, how do you, you know, when 
when thinking about family dynamics, how do they come into play, you know, when you're working with families on their estate plan? Yeah, so I think the first part of this is what if we do no planning? And so, Kim, you can go ahead and put that first um, piece up there. But I think what, what we start to think a little bit about is if we do some planning, you see the family that's kind of covered by the umbrella. They've kind of dealt with issues and, and are, are kind of comfortable with where they're at. If we don't do any planning, we start to be on the other side of this picture where you start to have some court involvement. There's the potential for lots of other things to happen. Uh, chaos, conflict, complications, and, and other things that kind of come in there. So um, the family dynamics can really come into play in this place where we don't do any planning. So that's why we really encourage people to, to you know, start this process if you haven't done it yet, or continue on this process if you've already done it, because it'll solve some of these issues and, and make it a little simpler and easier. So you can go ahead and remove that slide. But when we talk about how does it come into play in the planning or developing the plan, um, I think we first have to kind of look at the family itself. So who are the people we're talking about benefiting? Um, what are their particular situations uh, that we need to take into, a, into account? So this can be, you know, if you're married with no children, never had any children, you know, what does that look like and, and how do we handle that? Um, if we're, if you have a, a situation where married, but older kids, what does that look like? How are the kids doing? And, and what do we want to do in terms of a plan for them? And then what if we are married with younger children? All of those, that's kind of the family sort of makeup, I, I'll call it. Um, the second piece is when we talk with folks, we really love to dig into kind of these passions and values and goals and objectives. And, and how do we view stewardship in terms of the planning? You know, we're, we're planning with God's resources. Um, we're planning with God's people uh, because our family members are children of God. And so we, we kind of need to make sure that we're wrapping all of those kinds of um, ideas and beliefs and passions all into kind of developing uh, this plan. Uh, you can put up a, the second uh, component there, Kim or Heather. Uh, as you can see, we've, we've lost Kurt, but we'll, we can carry on right, um, keep yeah. carrying on. Yeah, so if you can put that second piece up there. Um, some, of, some of the times we talk a little bit about special circumstances. And when we're talking about, you know, we have this flow chart that we put up here. So a lot of times when we're talking with folks about um, things that we need to consider in the plan, one of them is the type of plan it is. So we hear, you can see here, we have uh, the idea with wills and, and a revocable living trust. And then you have some other documents there regarding a healthcare uh, power and a durable power of attorney for financial matters. So sometimes we have special needs in our family. We might have um, a beneficiary who, who has an incapacity that will be long-term. And so our trust kind of concept in here, we can carve out a piece that will take care of that, that beneficiary for their lifetime. And then at some point, um, in, uh, distribute the assets that are in that portion of the trust for their care. Sometimes we have um, adult children who need special considerations. Uh, maybe an outright distribution to them isn't the best. So this trust can also include a piece 
where it's distributed to them over periods of years, because that's the best way to kind of benefit them. Um, we also could have um, inequality of beneficiaries. Some children are doing well, some children are not doing very well. Um, we talk about what is their uh, faith background and how are they doing in, in living out their faith. That can impact kind of the distribution ideas. Uh, do they get along? Um, this is a little bit of the difficult part, maybe not so much a negative, but a, a difficult part. So if, if there's um, the possibility where they're not gonna get along or there can be some conflict, we might choose to go over to the right side of this chart and, and make sure that we're into a probate setting because that's where some of these issues uh, can be addressed and, and we're not putting other family members um, in a difficult spot just through, through the trust. So um, blended families can kind of be a difficult or a special uh, planning kind of a circumstance. So that can all be done kind of within um, the concept of doing an estate plan. Um, this isn't necessarily the flow chart in, in which everybody is gonna jump in and that's what their plan is gonna look like, but it just gives you kind of a visual of that living trust kind of a concept can handle a lot of things. Uh, but at the end That's, of the day, at the end of the day, we're really trying to think about family dynamics kind of affect the who we benefit. It affects in what proportions we're going to benefit both family members and charities. And it can affect um, the how. So the circumstances in our family, the makeup of our family, all of those kinds of things can affect that. Now, dynamics is also sort of a fluid thing, right? It's not just a static, here's what it is. And so we really are talking a lot with folks about making sure you keep this up to date because, because our situations and our families change and circumstances change. So we really need to make sure that once we've incorporated our, our kind of dynamics into our planning that, that we also recognize we need to keep them up to date too. Steve, that's really wonderful information. So many good things that you've covered. I love that. Um, I love that you talk about how the will is to, re it can be an opportunity to reflect our values and honor, honor God. It's not just a document. There's certainly no one size fits all. Um, depending on family situation, it's going to change. Depending on what you want to communicate to the next generation, it's going to change. Um, so since we're off script anyway, a little bit with me taking over, <laughs> I wondered if you could just talk for a little bit about, um, so we have several different attendees today, some who have worked directly with Barnabas Foundation in the past, and several who support one of our member ministries. Um, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about um, if, if, they're, if they're on this uh, call, they have access to planning services. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how a, how a planner helps um, someone navigate and find the solutions for their estate plan. Yeah, so I think um, basically what we're trying to help people through is coming up with a plan that they believe honors God and their, their kind of commitment to, to making this process valuable for themselves, for their families, and, and potentially putting resources into the kingdom work that you know, many of those folks have, have included ministries and have been involved with those ministries over years. So what we're gonna do is dig into a little bit more of some of these special circumstances. I mean, we're gonna sit down with folks and talk about um, the property and the people 
and figure out, you know, where are they at? What is their passion? What is their goal and objective in all of this? Um, and then talk about what types of plan might work for them. And, and then the last piece we're going to talk about is who do you want to be involved in being executor or trustee of a trust if that is something that works for, for you. Um, and so what we do is kind of put that back into what we call a blueprint. Um, and so it's, it's a document that sort of summarizes all of these things, puts it on paper about what your passions and your goals and objectives and some suggested plan options. And then they take it to their own attorney if, if they have one. And if they don't, we can try to provide some names of, of Christian attorneys in their area that can get these documents done. So myself and all of the planners uh, have all practiced law before I've been in these situations where we're helping people through, but we're not the ones who are going to do the actual legal documents for folks. So we're, we're kind of coming alongside and doing some pre-planning and helping to, to frame this up that, uh, that meets what, what people's goals and objectives are. And then um, I think it really helps the attorneys who are drafting the documents as well, because they can now see boy, these folks are really well prepared. They've got some very concise statements about who they are and what they believe in and how they want to um, kind of handle these things. So that's the process that we go through with folks. And, and we really love that process and being able to sit down and help folks uh, put this type of plan in place. That's fantastic. And if, if I might just share from personal experience, uh, we were in a situation where my dad was going through health concerns and I'm the oldest of four kids. And my dad was sitting literally in a hospital bed, uh, trying to verbalize what he was kind of thinking for each of us. And we're all in different scenarios. Uh, we've got, some of us have kids, some of us don't, some of us are doing a little bit better than others. Some of us are a struggle with managing money. Um, so my dad was verbalizing these wishes that he'd like in some of his initial thoughts. And I said, dad, you've got to get this in writing. And I think you should talk to my friend, Amy, who, um, who is one of the estate planners. And she helps them to walk through different scenarios that would work, work with them. And it took so much of the burden off for them to plan what it might look like. It took the, the, took the burden off of, uh, of me to help them figure that out. And now it makes it so much simpler for them to get those documents drafted. So I, mean, I wonder reality, if you- The reality ahead. is a lot of people who haven't done any planning um, the obstacles for them are they don't really know what it is. I mean, they, they don't know what it entails. Um, there might be some fear associated with it. Um, there might be other emotions that kind of go with it. And so, um, yeah, what we try to do is, is just kind of come alongside it and be, be the encourager, right? Just, just help people kind of say, it's, here's how we can help with this. And once you get it all done, you'll feel a whole lot better uh, about getting this in place. So, yes. Exactly. I do see we've had some questions. We'll come back to those, but um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, like I said, we, we were having these conversations in the middle of chaos. Uh, what are some best practices? How can those who are uh, who have in the process of planning or have a plan in place, what's some best practices for them to communicate those with their children or their grandchildren and any family that are involved? Yeah. So uh, let me first uh, just address a quick um, area here. Um, sometimes our family dynamics and relationships and makeup will also impact who we choose to be involved as potentially executors or trustees, powers of attorney, et cetera. And so 
Um, I think it's important to make sure that when we think about the people to be, to be doing those things, that we're talking about focusing on the skills and gifts and talents to get things done, um, not necessarily the oldest has to do it or mm -hmm. um, you know, the person with this particular degree behind their name. It, you know, it's really about the right person or persons. And so sometimes um, that gets met with inside of our family definition, right? That we have enough people that we believe and uh, will accomplish what we want to be um, accomplished. Uh, sometimes um, there isn't anybody uh, in our family definition, if you will. So we need to think about, okay, who's gonna be the executor trustee? Or maybe we have difficult situations with some of our family members and, and it's just not gonna be a good thing if, if they're involved. It could be um, something that raises a lot of conflict and, and different things. So it, we don't wanna put people in the positions of, of encouraging conflict or et cetera. So if you have some difficult situations like that, we can always turn over to, to professional help. Um, there are professionals that will act as executors of a state and trustees of trusts and, and different things like that. So um, I think that's one way that our family dynamics kind of also impact who we choose to sort of affect what, what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, then speaking about the communication, I mean, I, for years and years, um, you know, people just never talked about their financial stuff and they never talked about their plan, right? And, and it always was, well, I guess we'll find out when they pass away. And, and I, I'm really encouraged by the fact that there's a lot more movement now towards communication. And I, I think it goes from the very simple of parents sort of saying, yes, we have our plan in place. Um, here's where we have everything mm -hmm. and it's okay to um, talking about what it is they were trying to accomplish, what's important to them and how they're going to do it to even going to the other side where there are family meetings, where, where you really talk through the whole process. Um, we put together a piece and you can put that up Kim, just to show um, our attendees, we have a piece that we've developed that kind of walks through the whole idea of communication to family that talks about how you share your estate plan with your loved ones. Um, there's some considerations to talk through, um, some tips and some ideas on how to, how to do this to make sure that it's a healthy and, and uh, important dialogue about your values and your goals and how this is all gonna, gonna come to fruition. Um, for those of you on the call who, who might be thinking about your parents and how do you approach your parents about this, um, I tend to suggest to folks, don't talk too much about, well, how are you gonna distribute things? I think we wanna talk a little bit more about, tell us what your values are when, by getting your plan done. Tell us what you were thinking about. Um, tell us what was important to you. Uh, tell us about, um, whatever else you want to tell us and, and sort of um, leave the door open for, for our parents to kind of start to, to share some things. You, you can also tell them, hey, I'm not interested in, in the, the specific distributions unless you wish to share that. I'm not interested in the dollar amounts. 
I just want to make, I just want to know more about what you were thinking and who you are as a person. And, and I think that opens up a little bit better conversation about that whole process. But um, sharing and communication is, is really important, I think, in this whole process. That's such a good point, Steve. And um, and if you're interested in having that resource that he pulled up, um, and it's got a worksheet on it, it's really handy. It gives you a place to jot down some of your notes and some of the things that you might cover with your family. Um, you can email us at planning at barnabasfoundation.com and we'd be glad to share that with you. Um, we have uh, we have a couple people who have raised their hands. If you'd like to uh, ask a question, just go ahead and type it into the Q&A. Um, but I'm gonna read this question from, um, from a different Steve. Uh, thank you for, for typing in. I have been blessed with plenty of money. What options would you recommend for preserving the principal at the sacrifice to perhaps no slash low interest? And if the government puts demands on banks messing with private citizens' money, is a facility like Barnabas protected? Wow. There's a lot there. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like about an hour meeting to, to have with that person. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack in that. I, I guess I can't really be specific without knowing a lot more about, again, family kind of dynamic and situation. What what the ultimate uh, goals and objectives are, um, you know. I do know that there are folks who do put some resources into Barnabas Foundation in in whether it's into a charitable trust or into a donor advised fund. And again, those are are charitable specific kinds of plans. Um, it's, it's not necessarily any kind of an asset protection sort of an idea. Um, so I think we need to focus more on, you know, overall, what's the goal and objectives and how, how is this going to fit within a bigger picture? And we'd love to have a, a deeper conversation about that at some point. So. Absolutely. We have another, this is a great question from Jax2021. Um, he says that less than 60 days ago, we engaged the service of an attorney in our state to update our revocable living trust, POAs, healthcare POAs, healthcare representatives, et cetera. All this was accomplished for my wife and I. We've been gifted over the years and have been able to accumulate significant wealth. My question is, is Barnabas, are Barnabas Foundation um, planners able to review these recently completed legal documents or are Barnabas planners only able to work with couples on the front end of the process to recommend alternatives? Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the, the answer to that is no, we are happy to review um, existing documents, um, et cetera. And, and I think the review would be kind of in, in the process of, do you have some changes that you wanna make? And are there, are there things that you just don't understand? Um, we can help with that. Uh, we're not in the uh, process or, or realm of trying to give you a legal stamp of approval, if you will, if that's what you're looking for. We, we really can't give legal advice on any of those current documents. So if it's a, if it's a matter of reviewing this plan that you put in place to, to see if it still matches your desires, uh, what does it really mean? Um, did it actually accomplish what your, your goals and objectives were? You know, we can help you think through that for sure. Great. We have another question from Eleanor. She said the person that she added to her will has health issues that she was not aware of before selecting them. Can I talk to the person who assisted me at the beginning with Barnabas or someone else at Barnabas to make a decision? So I think she's asking the question, she's already met with a planner in the past. Can she meet with them again to help make, uh, make that decision? Yes, absolutely. We are, we are more than uh, willing to meet again multiple times over multiple years. And um, 
that that's perfectly fine because again it's a fluid process right and and so it's uh we are able to help people all along this journey of figuring out what's the best plan fantastic um we had a question that came in through email i'm going to read this one from um let's see this was from william g and he said uh we have done our well uh we have done well net worth over $3 million. Current will is one third each to our two children and charity. But since you are dealing with navigating family dynamics, our two children will be in very two very different places, both secure, but on one on north of 10 million and one about 1 million. Should we continue an even split or weigh it towards a child with fewer resources? So that is a fantastic question that digs into this whole kind of concept of what is fair versus what is equitable. And, and, and a lot of times equal is where we kind of land, okay? But I, I think there is some value in, in, in talking about what is fair and what are the needs, so to speak. So for um, many folks, they, they do have to kind of wrestle with the idea of should I or could I do uneven distributions, if you will. Um, both children would benefit, but is it okay to have a larger percentage going to one versus the other? And so, um, although I can't give, you know, a, a, a one answer fits all, I think, I think what it really boils down to is, first of all, you know, you, you got to really commit that decision to prayer and kind of think about how does this impact everybody? But I also think you have to um, communicate some some things, um, whether that be ahead of time or in some way, shape or form, communicating that, you know, the unequalness is is not um, in any way, shape or form um, something that means we value somebody less or we value somebody more. It's just we've taken into account considerations and circumstances. So uh, you have to make sure you communicate that uh, you love them both um equally and and all the rest but there's just different circumstances so how do uh, along those lines how do how do um family dynamics impact charitable giving how does that impact how they might give to ministry yeah so i i think um when we start talking about the the family dynamics and if we're incorporating these ideas of passions and values and goals and objectives and and the stewardship considerations um, I, I think family dynamics can be as really positive things for, for supporting ministries and putting resources back into God's kingdom. Um, what, what can hinder a little bit is, is surprises. So if there's no communication about why this is happening or what values um, are, are trying to be implemented through this plan, um, sometimes that can hinder it because there can be some suspicion or question about, was that really the intent? We had no idea that this is what mom or dad really wanted to do. Um, it, it can cause some, some hindrances, I, I would call it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily eliminate the charitable component, but I think it can, can be a hindrance. But with communication, um, it's, it's really amazing the power that can happen with that, because a lot of times, you know, other family members, children, they really get behind this and say, wow, that was a really important thing for mom and dad. And, and we want to see this happen. Maybe we want to get involved with the same kinds of concepts and, 
and and start to uh, to put some resources into kingdom ministries as well. So um, I think the family dynamics can have a real real positive on um, the supporting ministries and and continuing to to for those values to kind of go on for many years. So great. We have a couple uh, last questions we'll, we'll touch on real quick. Uh, one of my two grown children isn't financially astute and spends more erratically than I like. I question the child's ability to handle an inheritance in a sensible way. Given that a smaller portion of my estate is designated for nonprofits, it, uh, is a give it twice trust a good option for this child or are there other approaches? Yeah, so uh, the idea of a child who doesn't handle money well the way to benefit them, you still want to benefit them, but it's the how. And, and that was kind of one of the things I was referring to that I mentioned earlier. It's how we benefit them. So that could be done within the confines of say a revocable living trust where a portion is going to this child, but instead of it being an outright distribution, it might be spread out over a period of years. Um, there are, and, and I'm not sure if this is how they are referring to this, the give it twice trust. But there are ways for folks to, to um, put money into some sort of a charitable trust that can benefit the child for a period of years. Um, but it's already kind of set up into a, the charitable side, if you will, of the estate. And then when that child um, passes away or after the expiration of a period of time, those funds in that trust end up going to ministries. So there's, there are different ways to do it, but I think the key part of it is recognizing that maybe an outright distribution isn't a good thing. So how do, how do we figure out the best way to, to kind of make that happen? We still want to benefit them, but what's the best way to make it happen? Absolutely. And I think the bottom line there is there are so many options and don't get caught up in a specific uh, way that you've heard of. It's, it's beneficial for you to meet with somebody who, um, who can help you walk through the different options that apply to your circumstances. And to the extent that Barnabas Foundation that you'd like us to be part of that process, we, we would be honored to do so. Um, last question from Gary. My three siblings and myself have a trust owning farm ground. At this time, if our mother dies, it's not known whether the ground will be sold or if it will be rented out on a cash per acre basis. How does Barnabas handle these very different strategies? Well, I don't know that it's a matter of how Barnabas is going to handle that strategy. I think it's a matter of what does the trust say? And uh, if mother is still living, um, is there a way to find out, you know, kind of what the intent is and, and all those kinds of things. So we'd be happy to have a conversation about that with, with you and, and maybe, you know, sit down and kind of help work through that piece. Um, and, and I think, you know, some some uh, manageable conclusion can can come up from that. So happy to help you with that. Thank you, Steve. Uh, you've been a wealth of information today, and I know we covered a lot of topics. Um, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, as, as we mentioned, this session has been recorded. It will be posted in the next couple of days at barnabasfoundation.com forward slash interactive. We encourage you to share this with a friend or a family member who might benefit from this. And if you have any follow-up questions, um, you can either uh, reach out to the ministry representative that referred you to the session, or you can also email us at planning at barnumsfoundation.com. And of course, if you, um, if you would like the resource that we showed earlier of sharing your estate plan with your families, you can reach out to that same email address. Um, we are honored to serve you. 
And if we can help anyway, just give us a call. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn how you can give to your church and other favorite ministries in smart and powerful ways, visit www.barnabasfoundation.com.